quiet quitting has been a buzzword for the last couple of months. And if you're a little bit like me, you might even cringe at the word quiet quitting. But this episode is about the costs and risks of quiet quitting, plus what you as a manager can do to address quiet quitting with your team members. Here's the question. How do you successfully transition into your first official leadership role, build the confidence and competence to lead your team successfully, and establish yourself as a respected and trusted leader across the organization? That's the question, and this show provides the answers. Welcome to the Manager Track Podcast. I'm your host, Ramona Shaw, and I'm on a mission to create workplaces where work is not seen as a source of stress and dread, but as a source of contribution, connection, and fulfillment. And this transition starts with developing a new generation of leaders who know how to lead so everyone wins and grows. In this show, you learn how to think, communicate, and act as the confident and competent leader you know you can be. Welcome to this episode of the Manager Track Podcast. Today, we're going to talk about quiet quitting. But before we dive into the topic of quiet quitting, I want to quickly acknowledge sort of the history, not even the history, the thing that we've gone through over the last couple decades. For one, quiet quitting or the disengagement, as we also can look at it, and we'll dive further into this in a bit, is not a new phenomenon. In fact, Gallup has tracked the disengagement rates over the course of many, many years. It's been a thing across generations, in fact, but it comes and goes in waves. And quiet quitting is another one of those waves where we see more frustrations or that we as humans are trying to navigate the work-life balance or work-life integration as a better term here. But I do think that quiet quitting specifically comes at the heels of the pandemic. What that meant is more stress for many people, more commitments, more change. And we as humans are not naturally wired to embrace change. It also comes at the heels of um, a lot of remote work, which led to the fact that many employees would actually work longer hours and also had to set boundaries in place that they didn't have to before. And setting boundaries and getting clear of how do I set myself up in terms of saying no to other people, working certain hours, creating a sustainable work-life integration is something that's easier to do when you're in an office and then you go home and you don't actually have the ability to work from home. So let's say you're an ER doctor, you work while you're in the hospital, you probably don't have to work or think about work much when you're at home unless you're on call. But if you're an office worker or working in an office environment, a corporate environment, uh, educational environment, and now you work from home with constant opportunity to open up your laptop or accept meetings at odd times, work on weekends without any interruption or lack of access to information. It requires us to figure out how we're going to do this. And I think for a lot of people, due to the anxiety of the pandemic, potential fear around their uh, job security or the economy, especially most recently, we may have put in more than what was healthy, more than what was sustainable. And whenever we push too much, there is a counter movement. That's always the case. We go too far into one direction and we relapse and it takes a while to find balance. When I was young, my dad would always draw up the sinus curve, which sort of like spikes up, spikes down, and then over time would level out. 
And I believe that we've pushed too much into it, been too flexible in many cases and too willing and engaged in the workplace without having boundaries in place. Now we're seeing this counter movement. A lot of people can relate to this idea of quiet quitting. The thing and the reason why I haven't talked about it publicly up until now is that I have a problem with the term quiet quitting and I felt like I'm adding to the noise and to the confusion that's happening with all these comments and and blog articles and so forth around quiet quitting. But then I was asked to comment for an article about the topic on quiet quitting and it took me a moment to sort sort of sit back and decide if I want to do this or not. And I decided to do provide my answers, but I have to start and let you know that I personally have an issue with the term quiet quitting. Because when I look at what that really means, quiet in my definition means not to talk about it, right? So we do something without communicating it. We do something without telling other people, without actually officially taking a stance against something or for something or making a tough decision and then dealing with the consequences. So quiet in this way means we do something internal, which completely goes against everything that I stand for in the workplace, because it means we're isolating and we're separating ourselves from the community, from the people we work with. And relationships are at the core of what makes businesses and workplaces work and what allows most of us, especially leaders, to have the impact we want to have. It's about communication and it's about relationships. It's the people part of work. And so doing something quiet actually goes very much against what I stand for and what I help my clients not to do, right? (laughs) So, So that's the first thing. The second thing with quitting is if you look at the definition of quitting in this context, there is a concern that I have with this. And this is that I believe that we're less invested on a psychological level. And for me, this is concerning on a couple of levels. On one hand, it's concerning because I believe it is a bit of a reflection of sort of the assembly line mindset that we had several decades ago. We're currently in a knowledge and relationship driven economy. It's no longer about clocking in and clocking out and working and producing value based on the hours of work we do. It's about problem solving, innovation. It's about building relationships, collaborating, tapping into the cognitive diversity on a team, building new things or optimizing. And this doesn't happen by clocking in and clocking out and producing a certain amount of value every single hour, right? If you're at the assembly line or in a factory, You produce by the hour that you work. For most people listening and the people I work with, that is not the case. So the idea of quiet quitting, of I do the bare minimum within the hours that I have to work, it almost feels like we're taking a bit of a step back to this idea that my value is created by the hours that I work. I think we're biting ourselves in our own tails. (laughs) I don't know if we actually say it that way, but that's what I mean. The second problem that I have with it is that so many of us were trying to create more flexibility in the workplace. I have three kids and I've appreciated tremendously the flexibility that I had as a mom to be able to take time off when I needed to, uh, 
go to the doctor while I was pregnant or with this with the kids that when there is a school event I can go to that school event and not be working when I need to take care of them because one of them is sick that I have the flexibility to do so knowing that I can catch up later knowing that I am not valued based on the hours that I am at work but I am valued based on the contribution the impact that I have overall so the idea of quiet quitting or what the most commonly used uh, explanation of that is the, the doing the bare minimum and only working a set amount of hours and not go above and beyond also means we're actually sacrificing some flexibility that we're expecting on the employer's side as well. And that to me, again, seems like sort of a bit of a short-sighted idea. If you feel very differently, I get it. This is my personal opinion and everyone gets to have their personal opinion. I respect yours if yours is different. On this episode, I want to share my opinion. And as I said, to recap this, I think quiet quitting brings us back to the factory mindset. And I think it is not addressing that we're actually looking for more flexibility, both on the employers and the employee side. And instead are going back to doing the bare minimums, just being there a certain amount of hours which if we're not giving flexibility, we could probably also expect less flexibility from the employer. There's a third one to this though. It's that we're not actually learning how to set boundaries, healthy boundaries in place and figure out how we can navigate our job so that it works for us while still contributing and learning and negotiating and being invested. So the idea of quiet quitting is to me a bit of a passive approach versus looking at the problem and the situation that we seem to be dissatisfied by that would lead someone to say, I'm going to be a quiet quitter. So instead of solving it, we're sort of just disengaging and passively tolerating the situation. I wish we as society and every human takes their agency and addresses the problems and tries to find solutions that are win wins and I believe that in many cases there would be such a thing maybe not for everyone but there are cases where we could negotiate we could speak up we could figure out solutions we could change the role where we start to feel more engaged or interested in or even shift careers if we really feel frustrated by the work if we do enjoy the work but we don't want to work until seven eight o'clock at night Then instead of quiet quitting, have an open dialogue and figure out how to communicate effectively with leaders so they understand what you're looking for and what you value. And if the company isn't accepting of that culture, you're likely not going to progress through the ranks or get new opportunities or get even the personal recognition that you are looking for and that you would like to have if you quit quietly so find a work environment where your approach to work matches the employers and the workplaces culture and their values if you want to work nine to five don't go into investment banking in manhattan it likely won't work out that way right and again this may not be possible for you but if there is a possibility if you can at least inquire or look for it Look for how, where can I take agency? And instead of just taking that passive stance of quietly quitting, what can I do to fix this? What can I do to communicate about this? Because I believe, and this is my mission and our company's mission is to create workplaces where people enjoy going to work to. Not every day, that is impossible. (laughs) 
Life is not about being happy all the time or loving your job every day. Everyone has to do things they don't like to do and everyone has days they don't want to go to work. But when we find a workplace, a team, a leader, a profession that matches our strength and we realize that we can contribute in a meaningful way and we feel the social connections with the team members, we feel the connection to the purpose, we make that level of contribution and we get a sense of significance or status back as a result of that, we feel we're being valued. That is the thing that humans thrive for. It's basic human needs that we all have once our survival-driven needs, such as shelter, food, and safety are met. If you have shelter, food, and safety, the next level that we as humans are going for are these things such as significance, respect, contribution, being valued and recognized, having an impact, community, that social bonding. Those are the things we're going for. And the workplace actually provides an amazing opportunity to achieve exactly that. And I hope that people will look for ways to do this so their potential isn't being lost because they stick with something that actually gives them no sense of purpose, meaning, or value in return. Now, assuming that you're a manager or want to be a manager, let's talk about a few specific things that are important for you to know about quiet quitting. First, recent research published by Gallup actually shows that the least effective managers have three to four times more quiet quitters than the most effective leaders. And so they're looking at certain percentiles They're comparing the least effective managers with the most effective managers. The least effective managers have three to four times more quiet quitters. What does that tell us? Leadership matters. The way managers and you lead your team has a huge influence in your employees' engagement rates. We've known that for a long time. Now, while we're not going for ineffective leadership here, the whole point is that if you worry about your effectiveness as a leader and you want to be a manager, a leader in your career, invest in training. If you're in an organization and you realize that not everyone who's responsible for people has received leadership training and or coaching or some level of meaningful and effective support, then that's the root cause of the problem. We can't promote high-performing employees into manager roles without also providing them with the training to learn the skills, giving them a fair chance to succeed. If you've never had leadership training, I highly encourage you to take this seriously. The amount of quiet quitters or disengaged employees that you have on your team are a reflection of your leadership. And if everyone's highly engaged right now, good for you and be on the lookout. In that same research from Gallup, they say that about 50% of the workforce is currently not engaged. 32% are engaged and a full 18% are actively disengaged. So from the 100%, only 32% are engaged employees and everyone else is either not engaged or actively disengaged. 
Those are some crazy numbers if you think about it. And while they're systematic and they have to be addressed on an organization level, you as a manager directly responsible for your team members. And therefore, you're called right now to take quiet quitting seriously or, in less trendy words, employee engagement level on your team really seriously. And on that note, here are a couple of suggestions. First, take a step back and evaluate your own engagement. We know that about one out of three managers are feeling exhausted or worry about burning out. If you're personally realizing, I don't have the same degree of emotional engagement, psychological engagement that I used to have at work, I don't care as much about it anymore, I'm noticing this disconnect, that would be the first place to start. You can't motivate and engage your employees if you don't feel engaged yourself. If that's you, I would also highly recommend that you hire a coach and you ask for support or you do something about it to figure out what's the root cause of it, what isn't working and how do I get back and create an environment where I have sustainable high performance. There isn't one cure that applies to everyone. So this is a very personal and situational conversation or or self-reflection to have to figure out what is it for you. The second suggestion is to have an open conversation with every person on your team. You could ask them specifically about how they're feeling, how they're doing, how their work-life setup is working out, if they want to make any changes, if they need more flexibility, if they feel overwhelmed and what their game plan is and to work with them on this. If someone is about to quit and she's barely hanging in there, remember that having 50% of their capacity is better than having 0% of their capacity. So if you need to take projects temporarily off their shoulders, that's better than I'm quitting and you're having to do it all because they're no longer contributing. So having an open and honest conversation to the degree that you can and the relationship allows, create the space for them to share with you how they're doing and what could be done to help them feel more connected or feel more engaged. Talk about the purpose of their role and the impact their work has on other people, on the team, on the organization overall. Help them see growth opportunities, development opportunities, career progression. Those are the big pillars. If someone doesn't feel valued, doesn't feel respect, doesn't feel they have growth opportunities or being challenged and doesn't feel there's a career trajectory in front of them that they could get excited about or they don't feel connected to the purpose of their job or the purpose of their team or the organization, the chances for them to be disengaged is way higher. And this brings me to point number three or suggestion number three is to set in place check-ins, one-on-one check-ins on a recurring basis. So start with this one-off conversation. You could call this a well-being conversation, which is something that a client company of mine uses across the organization, specifically address what we just talked about. Then set in place monthly or bi-monthly check-ins to remind them of the purpose of their role, to ensure expectations are clear, to make sure that they feel that they can be successful executing on their goals and have the confidence to do so. There's a level of accountability there and they're feeling challenged and they see that they're working towards a, a specific goal or even the next level in their career. 
Also ask them what they value. Not everyone values flexibility, but also not everyone values a title or a job promotion. Not only is this a personal preference, it also depends greatly on where they are in their lives. When I was in my 20s, it was all about having more impact and doing more and climbing the ranks. And then when I had kids, it was so much more about flexibility and stability than it was before. And so preferences change, values change, and they're different from one person on your team to the other. You can't have a crystal ball. You have to have the conversations. So these are the suggestions I have for you as a manager navigating the topic or the theme around quiet quitting and what that looks like for your employees, starting by checking in on how you personally are doing. Now, before I wrap this up, I want to emphasize again that I'm all for having a healthy work-life balance, a sustainable way of high performance. I'm not supportive of the grind and hustle culture. And at the same time, I believe that the workplace and work can serve as an amazing source of fulfillment, contribution, significance, recognition, and those human desires that we as human beings have. And when we see our value, not in terms of the hours that we work, but the contribution that we make, the value we create, that's satisfying, that allows us to create situations where there's flexibilities, both on the employee side as well as the employer side, the employee side as well as the employer side and I understand that's not the case for every position and every company but if it is acknowledge this as an asset and if you are disconnecting psychologically from your work the chances that you're contributing and you're leveraging your strength and your talents and your resources fully is pretty low and I believe that's a bit of a waste of human potential. We all have times when we have to take a step back. We have to disengage. We have to heal. We have to take care of ourselves first. But I personally don't think this is a way of life. And I don't think it's what in the longer term allows us as a society to flourish. Again, my opinion that I'm sharing with you here. And I fully respect your opinion on this topic as well. I do hope that this was helpful. If you'd like to share your opinion about quiet quitting with me and you feel like I missed the point that I'm not understanding something that matters to you and that you see differently, I would love to hear from you. Send me an email at contact at RamonaShaw.com. I read them all and I respond to them all. Thank you for listening. Thank you for caring and for doing some self-reflection on this very topic of employee engagement in regards to yourself and for the benefit of everyone on your team. Have a great week and I'll be back next Tuesday with another episode of the Manager Track podcast. Bye for now. If you enjoyed this episode, then check out two other awesome resources to help you become a leader people love to work with. This includes my best-selling book, The Confident and Competent New Manager, which you can find on Amazon or at RamonaShaw.com slash book and a free training on how to successfully lead as a new manager. You can check it out at RamonaShaw.com slash masterclass. These resources and a couple more you'll find in the show notes down below.